0: Hello, and welcome to The Swim Brief. I am Chris DeSantis, and I'm joined today by my (laughs) high school swim coach, (laughs) among many other things. I got to do a full intro for you, Jen. You're already laughing in the background, which is good, because you needed a good sense of humor to be my coach back in the day. Agreed?
1: That is true. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Otherwise, you never would would have survived.
1: Memorable battles. I think the lifeguards were a little concerned. For one of our well beings, <laughs>
0: but <laughs> wait a second—I don't remember us yelling at each other. What are you talking about?
1: There was some, there was some spirited discussion.
0: <laughs> okay, so let's let's get your um, let's get some of your other qualifications out of the way before we get into. Uh, the conversation. Um, You continued to coach my high school. I grew up uh, in Wellesley, Massachusetts. You continued to uh, coach the boys at Wellesley High School. Eventually, you started coaching girls again. How many years did you coach um, girls and and boys swimming, respectively, at at Wellesley High
1: School? So the boys, I was trying to think about this. The boys, I believe, was so from when you did maybe 18, 15 or 18 years, and the girls was about the same because I kept the girls a couple of years longer than I kept the boys. So, um yeah. yeah, so I started at Natick before that. So I was at a with the girls. So I was doing Natick girls for like 9 years and then you no, know, so it wasn't that. But anyway, yeah. 15.
0: So long time high school mm-hmm. boys and girls um swim coach. Uh I think at least a couple times you were Massachusetts high school coach of the year according to the Boston Globe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah a few times
0: yeah a yeah. few I mean, times you don't like to brag you win about it states
1: and they and then they, they give that to you yeah
0: <laughs> that's how that happens right you yeah, just you just win <laughs> um states and um you were also throughout that time you were a master swim coach um yes. so you Absolutely. like doing all the coaching that gets no glory correct that's I do, sort yes. of your thing.
1: everything everything under the under the radar, yeah, that's me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everything where people can discount you, um, yes, totally. And, but we don't discount we we don't discount that stuff on on this podcast. I mean, um, I I one of the reasons very I want to be uh, a little more serious for a moment. One of the reasons I want to have you on here is. Um, because I feel really fortunate to have had you as my high school swim coach. I think a lot of people in, in swimming do discount high school swimming, but I think partially owing to the experience that I had swimming for you, I did, I do not, (laughs) I I am not in that camp. Um, and I, it, it, it showed me how valuable and honestly, it saved me in the sport of swimming because I, I think without high school swimming, I would not have finished high school as a competitive swimmer Um, uh, because I actually, I wasn't on a club swim program from, from yeah, the winter of my junior year of high school through Mm -hmm. the end. And I went on to swim in college. So high school was a big deal for me. um, And you were a big part of that. Um, We have many other things I want to discuss, but I want to get to the really important stuff first that we've already teased here. And that is, you know, very important for the audience. What was it actually like? What's your recollection of coaching me? Let people know what what I was like as a stupid high school boy.
1: Well, so I met you in the end of your high school career. So you had already been well coached by very good coaches and, and continued to so I can
0: Incidentally, used... all women, by the yes. way. Yes.
1: And I, I think that was that was actually a really cool thing for me to enter. It was yeah. So such a no brainer for me to enter coaching. Like I didn't even think twice um, about whether I should or could do it. And uh, so going in with Sue, and you know she's so amazing. And um, so you were already sort of I didn't have to overcome like the macho thing with you, but you were already definitely pretty disenchanted and pretty in your head um, about mm-hmm. swimming. And I think you had some body issues. Like I, I, you definitely had some sort of yeah. body issues that you weren't real confident and you weren't real sure about yourself and, and like movement and, and how that related to, to swimming. And um, you had definitely been pretty disheartened, I think. And I think you were really at the end of your, it felt like you were sort of like, I don't know, you know, uh, maybe, maybe I'll just do this because I'm a senior and the guys, you know, the guys are important to me and, and I'm good, and I like Sue and I like, you know, and, and you, you had good things in place in high school. And I think, you probably would have finished it out, but you had definitely seen some things by then that made you wonder clearly um, if the sport was for you. And I don't think you were improving very much by then either, which is always really hard to to take. So yeah, you had quick club, and um, I think you were running. Did you run? You you must have just been. <laughs> you like started running that my, summer. My senior
0: something. year. This is yeah, this is uh, <laughs> this is an embarrassing story, but I. <laughs> My senior year of high school, I um, I joined the cross country that's team. Where,
1: yes, in the fall, uh, yeah.
0: because I got in trouble for drinking alcohol in a school chorus. Oh, trip.
1: that's why you did it.
0: Yes. Oh. And <laughs> I'm so glad that you don't oh, remember I, that, I, I don't, but I let, that. I don't. I didn't know that. Allow me to remind you that I I got in deep trouble, and okay. among the other punishments that you know you'd get for this. I mean, I think I was punished eight different ways. I got suspended, yeah. I had some detentions, I lost some privileges at school. Yeah. I had to do meetings with the guidance counselor, you know, um I got interrogated by my <laughs> assistant principal. Oh yeah. Um but among the others was uh Massachusetts high school swimming and we're going to get into some of the bureaucracy sounding. Sorry, not Massachusetts high school sports bureaucracy mm-hmm. uh later. Had a rule that, like, if you were got in trouble for drinking as a teen, you had to sit out the next two athletic competitions. So, winter swimming being a winter sport, I ran cross country.
1: Yeah.
0: And I missed the first two cross country meets of the year, not the first two swim meets of the year. It all makes
1: sense now. Yeah. (laughs) Okay.
0: But, you know, I I tell this story all the time because actually it was such a good experience for me to run cross country. I had somebody that had basically from age nine on just funneled into the sport of swimming and I had all my ego invested in the sport of swimming and I'd gotten up, um, to sort of a pretty good level locally Mm. swimming wise. And, and yet it, 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 to me, it's a really good example of how unhealthy that can be and going into cross country and having a sport where I started from the bottom was wonderful. Yeah. It was so nice and so fun. And I carried that experience with me yeah. into all sorts of things swimming wise. Yeah. Right. I was even thinking about it today. I mean, I don't know if you remember what a terrible uh, freestyle kicker I was because mm-hmm. um, it has been, I you know, 20 plus feet. years. Yeah. yeah the breaststroke <laughs> of feet. I'm actually getting pretty decent at freestyle Real. kicking because and it's that attitude coming over from County of how fun it is to work on something when you're. When you start from the bottom. Yeah. Right. Which I think that, uh, especially today, like a lot of kids that are coming up through the youth sports system, that's missing in their experience. They're missing out on the fun of thinking, wow, I'm really not very good at this. Yeah. Um, and how fun and it is <laughs> and like, to work on it. And yeah. I'm not
1: good. And who cares? Like it's, yeah. and nobody, your parents aren't worried. Like nobody, nobody's particularly right. concerned that you're not good at things. So
0: yeah. Yeah. Nobody cared whether I was going to run fast at any of the cross country meets. I certainly didn't have any expectations for myself. I I continually had that experience of continually getting better because I could almost just like fall out of bed every day (laughs) and get better and get better. Yeah. Yeah. Like all that stuff is there. Um, and I will say for you, uh, I think you're right. Uh, I was definitely, you know, another story that I tell on here. Uh, about myself as a, as a young kid playing sports was, um, you know, when I got up to the little league level where, um, where, you know, your, your coach pitched to you. Uh, I could not hit the like meatball that that the coach would pitch to me, and I remember him saying one day, "like we're gonna stay until DeSantis hits the ball." And the frustrated look of all my teammates, like yeah. being like, "Can oh. we just go home?" Like, and me just swing, miss, oh. swing, miss, swing, miss. Um, and I was out on the soccer field with my nine year old and my wife. Uh, my wife is a spectacular athlete, right? And you know, she, she was given a few tips on soccer, and it was like she told me something, and then I did it. And I was thinking, like, where was this right, when yeah. I was seventeen so, years so old? So much in your head, right? Yeah, while well, right. the frontal
1: lobe.
0: But yeah. but but, but for, you're right that for whatever whatever was going on in that moment in my life, it was like I just couldn't, I just couldn't accept like yeah. in any information about how to change the way my body moved, except you were actually able to do that for me. So like I thought you were a magician.
1: I know. <laughs> well that was actually one of the coolest things was because I that is how I take apart, but that was still the beginning, really the beginning for me of coaching. So I yeah. of coaching yeah and so and that was when I really did first start to develop like an eye and a way to explain things. And I've honed it. I'd like to think I'd honed it a lot since then, but, um, but that was, when you were one of the first people, cause you were like good, but you also were frustrated. So you trusted me to play things around and, and just the amount of trust. That was amazing. I mean, like that was, that was so cool. And, and so for you to like, trust me, I knew it was a big deal because you clearly weren't trusting a lot of coaching at that point. Um, so that was that was really cool for me as a as a starting out person and and um and to have an educated and you are an educated uh, consumer you know you you definitely had you had opinions but you also had facts and you had readings and you had I remember who was it was like Eric Simpson or something too like all the smart kids you're just like oh and it's like well the ratio of rest to the this and I'm like oh my gosh you know it's great though because <laughs> swimmers are smart and they make you if you work with them you have to. A admit that a lot of times they are smarter than you and B it makes you you have to figure out what they're talking about and what they're thinking so mm. um it you can't just tell them stuff and they accept it like even you know they have they're smart and they know their bodies and they know the water and it's so um interesting but that but anyway that was a very uh meaningful to me was that you actually kind of bore with me as I was like okay try this, like try this. And so that was really good. That was a really cool thing um, for me.
0: Well, it's well. like, so I, I've had some time, time to reflect on this and, and a couple things you said there really like sort of brought this into uh, better focus. Me. The first one is, is just what you said there at the end, you know, uh, and I, I can see it's all based on my social media following of you now, but <laughs> you've kept that i want to say tinkering piece but mm-hmm. more it's just sort of like trial and error that i think is absent at a lot of the quote unquote higher levels mm-hmm. of coaching because you go well i can't admit that i don't know for sure what's supposed yeah. to happen here yeah. right hey, like you there's yeah. no there's there's just so much less room for trial and error because you're meant to know Like you're an expert, you know, everything and you just tell them what to do and everybody moves on.
1: Yeah. And you Um, think the kids need that, but actually in my, I don't know, in my experience as a parent and as a coach, like the kids need to know if you blow, if you go, okay, that was bad. Like I'll make up a drill (laughs) on the fly and we'll all, I'll have them do it. And and I actually coached the Wellesley girls when I was up there a few weeks ago, I just did a little stroke clinic for them. in uh, yeah. I was like making up things on the fly and they would do it. And I was like, oh, that wasn't what I thought that was going to be. Okay, never mind. (laughs) I just, and they were sort of like, what? Like, no, 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 that didn't work. So we're going to, we got to change, you know, that wasn't good. But yeah, they're not, but I think the kids actually need to hear that. And they need to, I mean, it's not a science, there's science in the sport, but it's not, you, you know, and bodies are, yeah, there's so much different stuff that comes into play. And so I think the kids do respond really well to that. If you're honest and you're like, okay, that was, a debacle so we're not doing that again and it was yeah. all on me and you know like let's move on and we'll try something different and so or i'll explain something and they'll still be like like, <laughs> like okay that didn't come out of my mouth the way i thought you know so it's good because it forces me to sort of ramble on and that's what I'm doing now and
0: that's the fun part of coaching in my yeah. experience like i i heard this um somebody say recently you know speak to the difference between uh, complex and complicated math, right? Mm -hmm. The idea, and I hope I'm going to get this right, complicated math being like, you know, you've got to do a lot of work to find the solution. Um, And complex math being math without defined solutions. And I think like human beings are complex. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're not complicated. They're complex. There are no defined solutions. So anybody that's out there that is asserting like I know what the solutions are, like that actually sets off alarm bells in my mind going like you're full of it. Like you actually don't know. Right. (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah. But if they have really good sales teams, they, they are believed, you know what I mean? If they're really (laughs) good at marketing, then they they can get pretty high. So
0: (laughs) yes, we do live in the golden age of marketing um, for sure. And I, I guess I see that the, the, the second point I wanted to make about, um, the way you you coach that I can hear there too, and maybe it sometimes it got pretty animated between the two of us <laughs> back in the day. But like you always seemed to be, it, it was less about like he, hey I have this expert knowledge and I'm telling you what to do, and it was much more of a dialogue, yeah. right? You actually wanted to get information yeah. beyond watching somebody swim. Yeah. You, you wanted to hear something from them. Mm-hmm. What they say, maybe not always, <laughs> okay. you know, exactly what you <laughs> well, want to hear. It's
1: entertaining, but yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you, but you, you were, you still seem to me to be interested in hearing from people on the other end. I wonder yeah. if you could say more about that.
1: Well, I mean, I don't know what the water feels like to other people. And yeah. I have a, you know, a background in swimming that, didn't reach that high a pinnacle. I had a pretty solid head injury um, my first week of college. And that was the, that. was a pretty big precipice for me. And coming out the other side was a miracle. Um, but I also don't have a lot of body awareness. And I don't have a lot of – I have a lot of empathy, but I don't have a lot of body awareness myself. So
0: mm. I
1: think – and I've been thinking about this, how to articulate because I I think it gives me – a chance to try to understand how someone else feels in the water and how they're feeling, experiencing a, mo- a movement. Cause I don't necessarily feel it. Um, and especially early on, like when I was working with you, I was really not that far out from brain injury time. And, um, I had another one subsequently and, um, I wasn't that far out from that. So I was pretty much a mess still. And so I really had zero, sense of where I was in space. And, um, so like working with someone, cause you were hyper aware then too, cause you were like at odds with yourself. So working with someone like you who was hyper aware and I really wasn't, it was great for me cause I learned to kind of like understand what other people, what you were experiencing and what other people were experiencing in the water. And, um, it's pretty cool. Cause it, it, you know, a, a gift in the end, right. Everything you have to, you have to reframe stuff, but, um, there was a lot of awful stuff that came out of that, but there was also a lot of really good, it changed my brain and it changed kind of how I approach things, how I see things and how I approach things. Um, cause physically I certainly lost a lot of stuff in that, in that incident. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I was at a college campus recently and I was telling a group of, um, it was at Princeton university actually. And I was telling, uh, uh, the, the, the men's team there. Um, I said something that I guess ended up being pretty prov- provocative to them, but I, I hear it in what you just said, which is I'm actually very grateful for all the worst things that have yeah. happened to me, yeah, <laughs> because not because they were awesome and I, yeah. you know, was smiling ear to ear while they were they were terrible, mm. but you know, I, I on a certain level, I'm I'm happy with who I am now, and those things become a part of who you become. Right, um, and I guess what I'm hearing is uh, two two pretty traumatic brain injuries, and yet there's a piece of you that goes, "Well, I grew a lot from both of them. I lost something, but I gained something yeah. as well." And yeah. do you think do you think empathy was was a strength of yours before the brain injury? Or okay, so it's it's yeah. always been there. I think
1: I was that like hypersensitive. You know, so I was always prone to uh, like the depression and the extrasensory stuff before. It's just that the brain injury sent me into complete overdrive and uh, just it was a disaster, um, sensory things wise. And uh, so, but I, because before the brain injury, I had reading, I had reading and writing, and I had like I was a bookworm, so I had that escape and I had that. And then, but after the head injury, I didn't have that for a while. I mean, I had it eventually—the the reading and stuff back—but I didn't have it right away when I needed it most because I was so stressed. Right. And it was such an invisible injury, and no one knew me there, so they didn't know. They didn't know at school that I wasn't, your,
0: yeah, you're, you're was Yeah, you were my at the first base week college, right? <laughs> so
1: yeah, so it was my you was and David Chokachi,
0: yes. Very- topical, uh, reference that I've been making for 20 plus years. Yep. We,
1: yeah, he's there. He is not a swimmer. Um, so I'm not sure how he made Baywatch there. I think they had a body double for him, but, um, lacrosse, but, uh, but yes, so up at Bates and no one knew me. And you know, when the black eyes cleared up it from the broken nose, it was just, I looked normal and I just, you know, I didn't remember you the next day though. So I learned a lot of social skills, faking a lot of, social skills of fake kind of faking and adjusting myself to the room and the temperature Mm -hmm. in the room. And like, because I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't have anything else. So I just sort of learned, but I learned a ton, right? So that changed, it changed everything for me. So really um, this, the tools I had to have to get through those, those early years, especially in later years too, but the tools I acquired in response to that, it's, it's amazing what they can, what they le what they led to. So.
0: And, and I, I didn't even mention this off the top, but if you've been listening for 20 minutes, actually uh, you've had a pretty spectacular career as an athlete. We're going to get to that before <laughs> the end of this. Um, but we didn't even list that in your, in your qualifications. I, I, but the empathy, I think that piece was probably the differentiator for me. Mm-hmm. In that, like, if if we go back, I mean, I think, yeah, I was a kid who was pretty um, pretty unconfident in the way that my body moved and, and even my ability to sort of receive instruction in mm-hmm. anything. And, you know, I think I've reflected on this a lot in my coaching, you know, because I run into moments where I'm trying to help somebody swim differently, and it's just not working. And there's that voice inside of you as a coach that goes like, Maybe this person just can't figure it out, right? like you know, like they're they're just they're just. And I guess going back to that moment goes like, yeah, but you figured it out eventually, and it just required somebody who was patient and empathetic yeah. enough to go, okay, we haven't figured this out yet, let's keep trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. We're going to keep I think trying. You,
1: you know, you had been coached very reactively and very like in your face, I think. So I think the contrast, you know, not by your, especially that coaches, year. But, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think the year leading up to that, yeah, yeah there had been, right. So um, by the time I came in, it had already been a rough season, but, um, but yeah, so you had definitely been yelled at enough. um yeah. And, you know, certainly had enough self doubt that you didn't really need to go with that. And, and so trying to read kind of what you were, and you you could understand and if I said, I don't know, you were like, okay. You know, like, uh, yeah. you know, for me as a coach, I was really growing because I, you weren't just like, oh, well then, you know, forget it. I'm not, not listening to you. Yeah. You know, Those you were, were, you know.
0: That was actually the secret to building respect with, yeah. with me. Was admitting, <laughs> yes. exactly. I, I don't actually know what to do next. Yeah. I go, yeah. this person actually really knows something. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> like, I think yeah, that with a lot of the really, the, the more memorable connections I've made have been people who were like, where I was just, you know, finally, like, I, and I could hit a point where I just don't know, and they'd be like, okay, well, we don't know either, but all right, let's, you know, let's, and they respect, and I do feel like that's a big, um, and I respect that if I deal with people and they, they, you know, I don't want them to fake what they're doing. That doesn't help anybody, so, um <laughs>
0: So let's let's talk more about uh, the high school um mm-hmm. coaching because I want to get to what's going on with um my my hometown high school girls team right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um but before we we do that what as as things went on for you in high school coaching like I just you were very successful. <laughs> um the team's the team we had a nice high watermark while I was there um as a boys team but just the con, the consistency of what happened after that um i was always really impressed by um and the the girls um are currently on a 71 mm. uh meat dual dual meat winning streak yeah um so what like <laughs> if you could distill it into a few <laughs> minutes how did you do that
1: um I think consistency, like you said, is key. I am nothing if not consistent. When I say I'm going to do something, I do it. Um, and if I don't, there's a really good reason, and I'll tell you all about it. And so, um, but I think high school teenagers, you know they they need that consistency, um, and they want when you say you're coming, you need to come. And because they don't get a lot of that, right? Like their whole lives are so hard. I mean, you couldn't pay me enough Um, to be a teenager again. High school was fairly untraumatic for me, but I, but I still, you couldn't pay me enough. And so, watching, you know, I have so much respect. I think I approach coaching everyone, but coaching teenagers with a lot of respect for what they've been just done all day, and and understanding that what they've probably already been through, like their own kind of hell you know, no matter who they are or what group they're in or what classes they're in, um, they've been through it already that day. And so to add to that is not necessarily going to be constructive. And to also along those lines of consistency is to kind of have expectations and say, these are the expectations. And I always hand out this huge manual. It's very lengthy. And, um, English major. So, uh, mm-hmm. so a lot of, so I hand out this thing. So it's so it's very clear and, you know, I've taken a lot of things from other coaches do similar things. So I've taken, you know, a lot of what other coaches do for these and, and kind of put them in and, um, and kind of expectations. And this is what's going to happen. And this is, this is what we require and, you know, give it to the parents, give it to the kids and, and make sure the parents know it's the kids project, not the parents project. And, Um, so there's some things that held strong throughout and that I finally honed as I went. Certainly, you know, you have personalities, you have years where, you know, you have years where kids are using substances. You have years where there's like academic, there you have years where someone gets caught drinking in the middle, you know, or holding a beer and like not necessarily drinking, but whatever, um, you have those years. And so you have to adjust, and you have to, you know, kind of, you still have to hold those expectations, but you do have to adjust your daily thing. I mean, sometimes they just want to talk and sometimes they want to talk because they're procrastinating and sometimes they want to yeah. talk because they really need to talk, right? So, and, yeah. and, and maybe no one has listened to them all day or said, you know, how amazing they are to them, but mostly I think it's complimenting. And I think a lot of, and I think I heard, um, I feel like somebody echoed this once maybe Dr. Goldberg um, said or someone said that high schoolers haven't heard a positive thing like all day. So if you, if, if you're the one who says, how was your day? No, really? How was your, you know, and, and mean it and see them to be seen, right? Everyone wants to be seen. So if you're that person who can make them feel seen um, I think no matter who they are, they're going to do anything for you. You know, they're going to rise to the occasion for you when you ask them to. Yeah. um and being vulnerable a little bit with them i didn't do that too much but towards the end definitely i would start to especially with the girls start to say hey you know i come from a family of eating disorders i come from a family with depression i come from addiction you know like and so what they're going through isn't like my mom has parkinsons and cuz when you're, you know they're going through different stuff and and they want to hear a little bit of why i can can empathize and um so I think just kind of respecting the heck out of them and and making sure that I respect, you know, like I respect you, but I'm still gonna make you do ten fifties on 40. So <laughs> because I respect you, you're gonna now we're gonna do this and you're gonna feel amazing afterwards and you're gonna, you know, and this is what's gonna happen is we're doing this because we're, you know, this is a really good thing and this is amazing for you. Your, you know, your blood chemistry needs this, your mood needs this. So let's, yeah. you know, all right, cry for a minute and then You know, because some of these kids are going through unimaginable traumas in their lives um, at the time that we see them in high school, and you know, there there are a couple that I've seen who you just you would never you you could just never imagine what they're going through at home, and and um, if you could be that solid person for them and be like predictable. It's like, "Oh, Jen always da, da da da." It's like, "Yeah, well, no one else always does anything." So, if you're that, you know, even if it's that Jen's always a dork, it's like, all "Right, well, so fine. If I'm always a dork, then, then that's great. Yeah. So, you can expect it, and you know it." Um, and yeah, I mean, I just think I really enjoyed it and I and they could tell. I mean, they're not idiots. They can tell when they yeah. when someone doesn't want to be there and um, when someone is there cuz you know but yeah I mean there weren't many I don't know if there were really ever days that I didn't want to be right where I was and I told them that I was like you guys were so lucky and they're like oh, you know?
0: right, right. <laughs>
1: a lot of eye rolling there's <laughs> a lot of eye rolling but they thanked me <laughs> later but there's a lot of eye rolling because like, you guys we're so lucky it's like seven o'clock on a Saturday morning we're so lucky to be and they're like oh, you know yeah. so um but yeah I mean I really felt actually genuinely feel that way so it was a little bit contagious I think so yeah, that was I mean, a whole lot of rambling to answer one question, but that's,
0: <laughs> we love rambling on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, oh, good. I just, <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking as you're talking, I mean, from the second that I could control when I got to practice, I remember we'd be practicing at Babson college mm-hmm. and, um, we had these nighttime practice slots, either six to eight, I think, or yep. eight to 10, eight to 10, right? eight 30. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, home was not a stable place for me. So I was at practice like obscenely early. I would be because usually because you or Sue, who we mentioned earlier, you guys would be there. And so like, that's a place that I wanted to be a lot more than being at home. And I could go there and you guys were happy to see me. And, you know, we could talk about swimming for a little while, which I've always said, you know, uh, how, one of the ways I know I love the sport of swimming is you could basically wake me up in the middle of the night and be like, what do you think <laughs> about <laughs> Anthony Irvin at the <laughs> 2001, like his hundred free yeah. at the, you know, uh, Fukuoka <laughs> world championships. I go, yeah, he really took that race yeah. out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it <Yep>. just doesn't, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't get old it doesn't for me. I wouldn't old, be like, yeah. oh, why'd you wake me up? I'd be like, yeah, yeah. this is a good, this oh, is a good, cool. this is a good All reason right. to interrupt my day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And um, so the girls have been on this um, winning streak, and I promised that I would get to uh, some of the wondrous bureaucracy of Massachusetts high school (laughs) sports. So I'm going to let you introduce this. There is a interesting piece of, let's just say, adversity that uh, has Mm. been a factor in this Winning Street, that that I don't actually, like, I don't run into people writ large around the swimming world that have any idea that this is going no. on. So it just yeah. seems to not escape like a, a 20 mile radius in Massachusetts. It
1: doesn't. And even, you know, and I was trying to coach with class and carry ourselves in class. So even the parents like didn't, we, we, we everyone, nobody knew. So what we had was um, in mass, in our league, and in, in several. Oh, of it's not even. In mass-
0: it's not even the state. It's the. It's the conference. Well, right. it's
1: the state has these loopholes, and the conference won't back won't close them. So yeah, they if you can't field can't field a boys team or a girls team that they can join the opposite gender team, um, which is. I think pretty widespread, like softball or field field hockey is one that's an Olympic sport for men, right? And so, in Massachusetts, they've had boys getting onto girls' field hockey teams, and for whatever, um, whatever that presented. And there's been some controversy about that. You know, I mean, if you're the goalie's mom, you're kind of bummed about the. The, the boy taking a swing, uh, winding up and throwing yeah, that, that, that ball That there's like a six
0: foot one, 180 pound yeah, exactly. guy like throwing me, your, hit, throwing lining up at shots your on your yeah. daughter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: So I think there is some like, uh, you know, um, but in swimming, so we have a, a, lot of this can sort of is explained not, cor- not correctly. Um, but they, ex- people explain it by the lack of pool time. So we don't have a lot of pools. We don't have a lot of pool space. We don't have a lot of time. Blah blah blah. So they said, okay, well, we don't have boys teams, but we're going to let the boys swim on the girls teams in the fall. Um, and in our conference, that was weird because we have boys teams in the winter. So half the right. Schools so so had- let, let me
0: just back up for people. Yeah. Fall in Massachusetts, girl swimming girls swimming is a fall sport. Right. Winter is boys swimming. Right. So it's, it's actually schools, two two separate yeah. two separate seasons, and yes. the the conference we're talking about. I mean, if if nothing's changed since I was a high school kid, I think it has about twelve teams for girls yeah, swimming it's down and to like, like ten
1: now. But yeah, okay,
0: and then only like six teams for boys swimming. Yeah. So we're talking about there's four schools that yeah. don't that offer girls swimming but don't offer boys swimming.
1: Right. And so they, those four and schools they, brought boys yeah. on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that was which, a solution.
1: And that was the solution. And it was, you know, if it's one, one or two, you know, we can all kind of see. But the problem was when they first came on, and this was, I was trying to figure out, are you Katherine King's age? It was like when she, with her senior year.
0: I don't have no idea who that is, so I'm probably okay, older than her. so you're older. <laughs> but
1: so it might have been 10 years. I just remember because she was a sprinter. And what happened was the boys won all the sprinting events at States because yeah. they let the boys have the same cuts also. Right. And so there was
0: a boy going like 23 <laughs> in the 53, which not, is not even, you know, no, not it was like, anywhere near a scoring yeah, time.
1: It was in, like a 24. In I mean, it wasn't even, yeah. yeah, it was like not even qualifying for a boys' state or yeah. a sectional, you know. So the sectionals, the awards at sectionals were like, boy, boy, boy. And I think a couple of parents did get, because, you know, if you have a senior sprinter, a girl who's been waiting all her life to dominate her postseason in her senior year, I think there was some, um, a little bit of, you know, hubbub about it. And so then they said, okay, they can't have the same cuts. So they'll, they'll put them in a different heat. So then the next year they still got to swim in the dual meets, but they it's at postseason would have their own heats of, and they, they still do. And there's still like one heat of each thing. Um, right. And cause they're not a lot of times they're not necessarily the boys who are really into swimming. I mean, it, and I think that would have helped us, the opposing coaches if it was like oh you know this kid loves swimming, it'd be like no this kid doesn't have another sport in the fall you know a lot of times they were just had nothing else to do and so or they wanted you know their girlfriend was on it or whatever i mean like whatever it's a team full of girls like okay so
0: yeah i mean i'm sympathetic to that piece of it i'm sympathetic to like totally i you know i grew up in braintree and I wanted to do high school swimming. Yeah, but totally, totally.
1: For some reason,
0: yeah. my high school yeah. can figure out to rent a pool for the team to practice right. for the first three months of the year. But magically, right. but not when November yeah. comes, there's no yes. way we could... And
1: there's no money left. And the, there's yeah, no coach. There's, and there's it's like, and they don't want to co-op. They they don't. It's been years they've been telling us, okay, we're going to co-op. We're going to have Weymouth and Norwood left the conference and Dedham left the conference. And those were two of the teams that had boys um, originally and still okay. do. Cause now they compete in the winter, I think. And so, yeah, they're in the winter. And, um, but so they, so yeah. And the, we, I don't think any of us, you know, sitting at the table at the coaches meeting had a problem with, we were not denying anybody the right to swim. I mean, that was certainly not the goal. I mean, you know, everyone is, is sympathetic. Um, but I think what we were objecting to was having them score and because that's a real problem um when you're going and they could do what they could do was one boy could score in each individual event and two boys could be in each relay so the a b and c relay could each have two boys in it so mm. um as you could imagine that was you know if you have a 10400 breaststroker uh, you know it what that changes in a in a lineup is incredible right i mean that's the medley relay is done The IM is done and the hundred breasts is done and probably he can do a, you know, respectable hundred free. So it didn't take much to flip, to flip everything. Um, Right. And to make a huge
0: impact competitively. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was a huge impact and there was nothing we could, you know, there really wasn't anything. Um, And again, that was, you know, I had to frame it. I framed it to myself and to the girls as and, and particularly hard for, I don't know. I, I think since I coached boys, it was like, you know, times, the times are so disparate. I mean, they're, you know, give me a relatively interested and not even very athletic boy two weeks, I can get him probably under 30, right? In the 50 free. I mean, right. And probably under 28. And so, and that almost makes sectionals for girls. And girls can spend their whole life trying to break 30. And when they do, it's amazing and meaningful. And it's like, you know, it's the whole, the crowd goes crazy and it's so cool and you celebrate it. But, um, but yeah, for them to just be, and then just have these guys come in and they're just like, oh, is that good? You know, like, <laughs> like, like <laughs> well, you know, um, and, uh, and a lot of their behavior wasn't, I, I will say, and I love boys and, but a lot of. Very early on, the boys high school boys are
0: not known for their restraint.
1: They are not, and they didn't handle the winning well. Let's right. just say so it was pretty bad. And then, but the, what the conference did was they left it up to the coaches whether they would score the boys or not. So mm. the conference said, "This is here are suggestions. You can score da 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 da. You don't have to." So like Heather at Braintree was um, one of the first who was like, "I'm not scoring them." And guess what? Nobody suffered. The boys were fine. The boys' parents were fine. As far as I can tell, there was no backlash against her. Um, the boys raced in, an, in the second heat, or if they raced in the first heat, they were unofficial. You know, sometimes my girls needed a good relay battle and they got one from the boys and where they wouldn't have from the girls maybe in, the, in some of our stronger years. Um,
0: yeah, there's probably we- a way there to make it help yeah. girls swimming. You, you can, but- <laughs> it,
1: it, it, you can, but it's the fast girls are like, all right, they can, you can kind of get them fired up. Cause it's like they practice if they're a club swimmer and I didn't, and I, we didn't get all the club swimmers, as you know, that's another Massachusetts thing. So we're
0: going to talk about that in a second. When we're but done if with I had, this conversation. Yeah, so if I had <laughs> girls who are
1: club swimmers, they were sort of like, Oh, whatever. I don't care. You know, like they didn't care or brothers. If they, if they had brothers, they were, they were probably okay. But and they were really good. So if you're a girl and you do a 5,200 freestyle, then you're really not scared of a boy who does a 53, obviously. So, but it's the medium, um, the medium kids who suffer. And, and I think those are the ones that your team is built on. Real honestly, that is the media. And that's what I've done all this time is build teams on the medium people because in mass, there's no, you have no chance or there's no guarantee that you're going to get the fast swimmers. Um, I made, I had cuts, so I knew I wouldn't get the beginner swimmers, but we had a lot of medium and the medium ones were the ones who were going to just, you know, who couldn't possibly get win against uh, someone with testosterone. So that was really disheartening. And, and I think on the teams that have boys, I would say, I'm guessing that a lot of girls don't come out for the team because the atmosphere is different. If you've got 10 boys and 10 girls on the team, that's a very different team. And that's fine if, if that's what you want. Um, I don't think my daughter, I don't know that she was thrilled, you know, like she was on a a co-ed team that practiced co-ed competed side by side, but not against each other. And, you know, she went to an all women's college and found, you know, fell in love with the sport again. So it was, it was a very different atmosphere. And, and for her person, her, it was maybe better, but, um, but yeah, getting a team fired up to go against a team that you know you have you're not gonna get one first plate. Like you can go down and you're like, well, we're not gonna get first. So we have to go two, three, four every event, because you can't win if you go two, three, five. So you have to go two, three, four. And you have to win one relay. And you you know, in the diving, And so it's um getting them fired up for that was a little bit of a challenge. It was a good coaching, good coaching muscle development for me. Um, and I'm really proud of the way that that I handled it and the other women coaches and coaches other coaches of the all girls teams um I think we all handled it really well and in a classy way I mean nobody was like throwing things well, or you know whistling at the boys or like nobody was like being mean to them or anything so
0: <laughs> Yeah so I mean I guess listening to all of this and you, and having heard from you about it before what's amazing to me is we have a situation in college swimming last year where literally the entire country loses their mind Mm -hmm. over Leah Thomas competing in women's swimming. Yes. And then this has been going on. And like, you have people like making these impassioned stance, like this is Mm -hmm. destroying women's sports and it's going to like, you know, the the apocalypse is coming.
1: Yeah.
0: The situation you just described has been going on so long Mm -hmm. in Massachusetts high school swimming that you forgot what the first year was yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. It's not like it. It came <laughs> no. in one year, and everybody were like we got to put a stop to this. No, no. more of this. It's no. just sort of like it just keeps putting along. Yeah. And it seems like there's a common sense solution that like uh, keeps that's good for everybody.
1: Yeah.
0: And it just it just yeah. never comes to be
1: and and that finally the coaches with boys on their teams would start to be like oh well let's just have the boys race each other in a second heat like let's put all the boys in the second heat huh that's amazing like and you know i will say i have to i have to brag once because my girls were you know we made them cheer for they cheer for everybody and we went to walpole my last year there and walpole has boys but she swam them in the second heat and so um but my girls were the only ones cheering for her boys' heat. Um, and they cheered through the entire meet for those boys and stayed through the 400 free relay, the second heat of which was just boys. And clearly we didn't have anyone in it. And I went in, I had forgotten. that We got on the bus and I forgot something. So I went running in and this dad he was like, are you the coach? And I said, yeah. And I was like, oh no, here we go. And he um, <laughs> he gets me emotional, but he was like, You know, I've coached football, I've coached sports for all my life and I have never seen a display like that. His son was one of the boys Mm. and no one cheers for that. You know, no one cheered for them. And he like had tears, the father had tears in his eyes and he was so grateful that my girls were actually seeing him and cheering for him and like making him feel seen and making him making that experience for him. And I just was so that, you know, that I got on the bus and, I'm, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: and the girls are like, what? I'm like, Oh, and I told them the story and they didn't, it was so normal to them to do it that they didn't necessarily understand how big a deal that was to me. Like as an adult, as a parent, I know how big a deal that was for that, that gentleman to, to come up to me and say that. And I'll never forget that. Mm. Um, just how important that show of support Um, so I would never want to forget that those are actually people, you know, the boys are people who need the support and need, and I don't think they're getting the right thing either in this scenario. Um, because some teams are leaving before the second heat of the 400 free relay, you know, like, because they don't have anybody in it. So, um, so I don't think anybody is necessarily benefiting and, and those boys, you know, they're not swimming in college really for the most part, every now and then there's one, but you know, this is this is all they know. And they're basically invisible, um, the whole, the whole season. So that, that's something I'm just like, I'm really proud of. So.
0: I want to switch topics to something that you, you referenced here earlier. You said, (laughs) I talked about the some of the situation between high school swimming and club swimming, Mm -hmm. um, in Massachusetts. And I don't think it's, it's unique to Massachusetts. I think wherever you are in the country, there seems to be some tension, um, except in the few states where you know you can be a high yeah. school coach and like like Indiana and yeah, it's clear, you know, a couple others it seems to forth. be yeah. th- that at least <laughs> on the high school federation level they've been sort of like well this is ridiculous like why are you um why are you putting kids in the middle of this right. which is really yeah. uh, how i see the situation but i guess for you more what i'm curious about how how hard was it to keep a I guess a positive like a a, even in the story you just said like that there's a lot of respect and empathy there how hard was it for you to keep respect and empathy through a lot of situations where you were just being essentially being told like You're a stupid high school swim coach. You don't know what you're talking about. And you are, you're just, you know, you're just in the way of this kid being successful in the sport of swimming.
1: Well, I mean, I think I knew that was wrong. Well, I mean, it was frustrating because I knew that was so wrong. It was so incorrect. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I don't think that, that, that never stopped being a frustration and it's still not, you know, I, I feel bad for the kids always, you know, it's always the kids, And like you said, I, you know, how do I compare with a club coach? Well, you know, do I just not want to coach club? Probably like, you know, like it's not because I can't, you know, it's, it's, it's so frustrating. Um, And yeah, there are a lot of high school coaches who aren't like scientists of the sport, but there are a lot of club coaches who aren't either, and they're just really good salespeople. So it's not like there's some status, you know, having that status equated with, and a lot of it comes down to who you coach and getting status from who you coach. And I have a whole a lot of very unarticulated thoughts on that, but <laughs> um, on how taking, you know, coaches getting credit for their kids swimming fast, like, well, yeah, but weren't they fat? Um, so, yeah, so that's pretty tough to take because essentially the kid has to make a decision between club and high school and their club coaches says, well, you're not going to swim G one if you swim high school, which is completely yeah. wrong. But, and I understand they have to make a living. And they, you know, for them, it is, it, it is kind of personal. Um, and, and even though they knew they were swimming and the, and they didn't want to have the kid do the best time at States because then it's not under their auspice. And you know, I, I'm not sure they didn't get the, um, the credit for that I guess, you know, but the kids are always gonna swim faster at a high school meet than a club meet. Now, I mean a club meet is like a time trial. You're just sitting there. There's no energy. There's well, so no...
0: I, I have three stories I want to tell and from three people that I really respect in the sport of swimming. The first one is a very basic one which I think you just pointed to. Um I had the chance to meet uh Milton Elms and oh, yeah. spent a lot of time talking to him and he said a lot of many, many wise things that have just like just imprinted on my brain and I cannot forget them. He looked at me and he said, Chris, the kid that gets fifth place in his high school dual meet has a more meaningful experience in the sport yeah. of swimming than your seventy-seventh place finisher yes. at Futures Championship. 100%. Now, is your average seventy-seventh place finisher at Futures Championship way faster at swimming than kids who get fifth place? Yes. But but in terms of the meaning of the experience, like please do not like, I think this is existential. Do not cut kids off from the best part of the sport of swimming, yeah. the most meaningful yeah. experience they can possibly have. And I'll talk yeah. about two coaches. Um, one of which is personal to us. Um, and I, I respect him. I, I, I I was just out there. I saw him this past January. Chuck Batchelor, right, yeah. was the, the the dean of um, <laughs> Massachusetts <laughs> yes, high school club coaching, yeah. and yep. probably the worst attitude I've ever seen yes. about high school swimming. We, high school swimming. We, yeah. yeah, we had a guy that swam um, when I was a senior in high school. His name was David Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, he had never done essentially any competitive swimming, except for some, Country uh, club. town recreational, yeah. like once a week, something. And he came out as a freshman in high school and the guys on the team that had a little bit of year round swimming experience. We started watching this guy swim and go, this guy's pretty good. Like there, there, there's something here. Right. And, uh, by, I think he, you know, I remember distinctly, he went like one Oh seven and hundred backstroke his first high school dual meet and he finished the year maybe at 57. And as guys on the team, we were like, you know, David, maybe you should like practice this year round. Cause <laughs> you've got a little bit of talent, you know, yeah. you might as well see how far you can go. And he did, he started swimming year round. Um, and I think he did maybe one more year yeah. of high school swimming year, yeah. before, before Chuck was putting pressure on him, like yep. cut this, you know, yep. cause this isn't, and he went on to swim at Cal. I mean, yep. he was like a, you know, trials, top eight finisher like trials. Yeah. At, at the yeah. NCAA level, yeah. like Olympic trials, like incredible, incredible swimmer. But mm-hmm. I even said this to, and you know, because I ended up working with Chuck a few years later, I said, you know, you taking David Russell, like pushing him to go off of that, that means there won't be another David Russell right. because David Russell won't be there to tell the next kid with a little bit of talent that just sort of like yeah. started swimming at age, getting somewhat serious at age 15. Hey, you know what? You probably should try to do this year round. Like yeah. he won't be there. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't get through to him. Yeah. Um, on that subject. Well, I, I am actually pretty proud. Of, most recently I've been coaching here at, at Jersey Wahoos and, uh, my old boss there is a guy named Paul. He's Irish. Um, So the concept of high school swimming is like complete, it is literally and figuratively completely foreign to him. Right. And he could have easily come in and gone, this is stupid. This is a waste of time. This is distracting from everything. And I, I hope I'm not telling any secrets. He is frustrated with the role that high school swimming sometimes plays. We have in New Jersey, we have a dual meet tournament to end the year to decide that's like our state championship. Oh. So, the best swimmers on Jersey Wahoos will, right as you're moving into short course championship season yeah. for swimming, be yeah. two days a week at high school oh. dual meets.
1: Oh, right. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> like for four weeks straight. Oh goodness. Yeah. But you know what he said? Eventually, he said, "This is this is I, this is kind of frustrating." And then he just planned around it. He yeah. just said, "Okay." those two days yeah. a week that's your race like that's your race pace, race pace practice yeah. your race yep. your race training we'll we'll plan the rest of the training around it because in the end he saw i think he was very pragmatic about it and just saw there's really we're we're just hurting everybody mm. if we make this into a fight we're hurting the kids i'm hurting yeah. myself and i'm hurting these like local like, again, we don't need we don't need to do it There's a solution sitting right right there that just gets your, you know, that just is pragmatic. And, and so, yeah, yeah, Henry McFadden who is, you know, was on the world championship uh, team off Wahoos um, this past summer as a high school senior, he swam every single one of those high school dual meets straight with Haddonfield high school, you know, (laughs) straight to the state championship meet. Right. And that's just what it was
1: yeah you know and and he, and yeah I mean it is it's such a i i do yeah you were you're not the only one who maybe wouldn't have swum in college, and maybe you know I definitely there have been several athletes that didn't do well with club but were very good swimmers, and you know found a different kind of swimming and found a different way to be part of the sport and and improved then also um in high school swimming because it was different and you know, no one's trying to take away from the club coaches. And, um, you know, the best towards the end, when we got the new pool in Wellesley, we were sharing space with um, Charles River. And at first it was like, oh, here we go. And those coaches were actually, I mean, well, A, they saw me coach, right? So they saw us coach. They saw, they saw what our kids were doing, their kids, Mm. their kids who we shared. They saw what they were doing every day. And they're just like, okay. <laughs> you know, they were, essentially they're just like, all right, yeah. never mind. We'll see, you know, we'll see you in a couple months. Um, You know, come if you have a holiday uh, and, and, you know, coach John ended up being, and that was huge for the kids. I mean, you could see it all over there. They were just so relieved because, and just me having me and coach John talking to each other in public, like on the pool deck when they were in there and making fun of them and stuff. and stuff. <laughs> so they like, but you know, us yeah. united was such a huge thing for these kids because you know a little bit of the, how um tense it can be and uh but yeah this was just a very different and that was huge for us um in just in terms of because then some of the medium kids wanted to swim year-round because they saw that they could still swim like a lot of people don't want to do club because they don't want to leave high school and they know right
0: and why do they, they have to choose yeah like, why they, they shouldn't, why they shouldn't have to choose
1: it's so <laughs> vid- yeah it's like and, and nobody's it, yeah, Olympic dream. I mean, nobody's swim scholarships, trust me from the state of Massachusetts. No one's going a full ride anywhere on swimming. So I mean, maybe one, but very few. And so no one's full ride is going to be taken away because they swam high school and probably did their, you know, if they make an all American time there, if they're that good, they're going to do it there. They're not going to do it at, like you said, futures or seniors or whatever. It's like, they're going to do it suited up for their team with the, with the team going crazy and everyone, you know, screaming and like the Nita meet for Wellesley, like what the girls and boys do at the Nita meet is insane. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's purely mental. It is, it's all about the atmosphere and, you know, like people swim what they have no right, (laughs) no right to do. Um, and we've seen some, you know, amazing things and you just can't replicate that. So I, I would just feel, it, it just having that relationship go better, it was so much that was really a relief. Um, and we still didn't get kids from the other club, um, but we did at least from the one of the local clubs get that he would encourage them actually because he was sort of like, Yeah, this is good for you. I know you're gonna swim fast there, so you know, yeah. get some good times and come back. <laughs> like, so I,
0: I just think, like, actually, it's really somehow it's filtered into you know, the, the 10 commandments of swim coaching that um, having one person be the source of all mm. knowledge is mm-hmm. the best way for yeah. kids to develop. And I couldn't, I couldn't disagree more. I think that um, athletes really benefit and, and should actually, we should actually put energy into teaching them how to like receive various different sources yeah. of information and yeah. deal with the fact that like yeah. people are going to be telling them different things and yeah. that doesn't mean that somebody's right and somebody's wrong yeah. it just means that that um they can actually develop the skills to figure out what right. will help them
1: what will work for them
0: <laughs> what will and work for them and I tell the them. kids
1: all the time the kids who have another coach I'm like I say look so, because they'll, you know, confusion, and, and I say, okay, well, what are you being told? Like, what, what have you been told before? And, and a lot of times, we can work it around to we're actually trying to say the same thing. It's just that my words are not the same as that coach's words. Right. And so, we can usually, we all want the same thing. I mean, we want the kid to move through the water faster and better. So, but a lot of times, the kids, and when they hear that, they're like, oh, okay. So, having that explanation. And just saying, yeah, we're all trying for this. We all want you to, you know, do this, this, and this. But they're saying it in a different way, and I'm saying it in this way. And so for them to learn to hear hear it, like you said, hear it from two different sources and understand that actually they might be saying the same thing, even though they don't sound, you know, it yeah. can be, you can kind of, if you know they're confused, I mean, like you were sort of an example of an over, what I would call an overcoached kid. So when you see those, coming, perhaps by you, myself, yeah, perhaps
0: also <laughs> overcoached your, by your myself. internal coaching,
1: yeah. yes. <laughs> and so when you see the overcoached kid coming, you're just like, oh my gosh, here. And it takes it, it definitely, to, and you could see them start to panic because you, you know they already heard this, they heard something else, and it wasn't right. the same thing. And um, and even the masters, you know, the masters here that I'm working with that I'm still relatively new, they still are sort of like, yeah, but we were told da 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 da, and I say, yeah, well, and I can kind of usually. Sometimes, not always, but usually, I can work my way around to, yeah, okay. I mean, I can say this in a different way. So, um, okay, so it just benefits everyone. Ugh.
0: Yeah. So I've, I've, I've buried this, but we we, we have to get to this because this is <laughs> one of the coolest things about you. You are a marathon swimmer. <laughs> like you are. <laughs> this is not something I knew. I guess. Maybe you hadn't gotten into it when I was in high school or I just wasn't aware at that age. I didn't age. really
1: tell them, yeah. <laughs> no, you, yeah you <laughs> Most didn't, of the kids you, didn't really know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but like somehow it is it only my awareness of it has only grown and you're posting these swims um, and I'm like, my mind is totally blown because the <laughs> stuff that you're doing, I could never <laughs> even <laughs> imagine doing in my life. So just give people a flavor of... What some give us a sampling of some of the swims that you've done?
1: Well, um, so my longest one. People always ask what the longest one. So my longest one was in was two years ago, and I swam the length of Lake Geneva from the from in Switzerland from um, one. The length from one end to the other, so it was, not not I mean, Lake
0: Geneva in New not York, not Wisconsin, or, something. or yes. Yeah, wherever, <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh,
1: Wisconsin? No, not Wisconsin. No, but I'm sure it's
0: lovely. <laughs> the, the, um, Lake like, the Lake in Geneva in Switzerland, yes, uh,
1: um, So I did the length of that, and that was I think 70 kilometers, so about 42 or 43 miles. So oh that was my longest one. That was 33 hours in the water, um, yes, through the night. Um,
0: and as English I, Jan- I, as I saw in your profile, you're the eighth person to ever. Yeah. yeah. Now, did you consider Diana Nyad style just pretending <laughs> you were the first and only person <laughs> to have swung Lake Well, it's Lake a little Gina? harder <laughs> these
1: days because there's like all these people that will be, you know, you can't do that with social media because everyone else who did it will be like, jump up and be like, um, excuse me, I have a track. Like we all have a track, like that we can show the map and everything. So it's, it's pretty hard to, <laughs> it's a lot harder to. Yeah,
0: somewhere, I, I somewhere, somewhere far yeah. away. Daniel Slossberg would, yeah, just, I, would just emit a big sigh <laughs> totally, and go. Totally,
1: yes. No, I guess I'll have to start
0: tracking another definitely, one. Definitely,
1: yeah. No, definitely Slasberg fan here. Um. So nope, all very, very official and very uh, English Channel rules and one cap and you know one suit, a normal swimsuit, and um. So that was my longest one, and that was cool, uh, and that was certainly. I found kind of my edge, I would say, of where
0: yeah, I have. I have can we just, before we skip over <laughs> to another swim, oh. 33 hours. So you yeah. were swimming yeah. for 33 hours. I can't even yeah. like
1: yeah.
0: stay up for 33 yeah, hours. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, can either. you explain <laughs> to like the rest of us how you uh, even train for that? Like, what do you do?
1: Um, I do a lot of really boring things. Um, and my, one of the things that the the brain in my aforementioned head injury also gave me was the sensory, the overstimulation. So I'm really quite content to just put my face in the water. Um, I'm really good with, uh, I I really enjoy the lack of stimulation most days, not every, not every day, but sure. I, I don't I don't have trouble with that. And, and I, um, so the fact that it's completely dark and completely quiet. Um, but I train, yeah. So I train a lot of boring, really boring things like with the tether, um, in place. I I learned that during COVID actually, it's been very valuable. And, um, So
0: you just tethered yourself in place and would swim for like hours.
1: Yeah. So I'll stop every half hour to take a drink. So I'd simulate my feed pattern that I might do during the swim. And, um, yeah, I have a little pool here too. And, uh, uh, it's in the shade (laughs) my only, one of my only pools in the shade and um, so it was able, that's kind of a good mental. A lot of it was building though, right? So I did my first 10 miler as a teenager. And okay. just because it was in my town and everyone did it, it, it wasn't any sort of precursor to anything at the time. It was completely. Everybody like, did it,
0: right? Everybody. Right. Well, swam the 10 swimmers.
1: Miles. Well, the swimmers in in our town, it was really quite normal. And you know, when the, <laughs> when the swim team captain asked me if I'd be her partner, I was like, so I was such a fan girl. I was like, oh my god, yeah. yeah so we had no right. <laughs> so I was her partner, and we did it together. And her boyfriend and I thought a cute, the cute guy was anyway, anyway. It was all very teenager. Yeah. and Good it took, teenage us forever, it took us forever. Took us forever. I don't even. It was like probably ten hours. I mean, there were no like spot. There's no, we had a couple guys in a canoe and probably there was beer. I don't, I don't really, there were like half the time over there doing slalom against with the buoys and stuff. And, um, so I did that a couple times and it was never really anything. I, I mean, it was fine. And then after the head injury, I, the pool swimming was a problem. And then I came back to open water. I sort of just Had always, I just kind of came back to this the five-mile version of that a couple times right after college. And then when I moved to Boston, I swam at Walden Pond and met all these cool people. And then I swam the Boston Light Swim, which is really an old and amazing swim. And I did that about six times. And that sort of makes you feel like you're going to – you can do a lot of things because a lot of really cool people do that swim and you learn about their history. And then you start feeling like you're part of something. And I've never been athletic. Like I am not – I've never considered myself an athlete, and I know i you sometimes say things like that too. But I certainly never have. Been I've learned athletic. to stop because if, anybody I, I, listening yeah. to this
0: that goes, <laughs> if you're not an athlete and yes, you swam exactly. 70 kilometers, what does yeah. that make me? But yeah, yes.
1: so I've I've learned to stop. But I never really never have thought of myself that way. And so um, it was always like, but wait, there's a sport where I don't have to be fast because I'm not definitely not fast. So the fast switch fibers. No. And so, but there was something I never really understood that I could succeed by just outlasting. And so that was pretty cool. So, and I just started upping the ante and trying, you know, and failing a lot of failing, um, and pushing, pushing the distances farther and farther. And then the training got a little more scientific. When I first started, it was all took what I could from like ultra marathon land, land on ultra marathon books, um, and took a lot of information from that but there wasn't much info on swimming and so started to kind of accumulate a knowledge base and a friend base and a you know internet base eventually as the internet got more strong and um so yeah so I just started kind of pushing it and did the the length of lake george which is 32 and that miles and then not in this order, but meant for Magog up Magog up in Canada, Vermont is 25. That was my first really big one.
0: Mm.
1: And um, that was really cool because my husband and we still have a picture. My husband and my dad were on the boat. My dad was always like my biggest cheerleader. And he and Andy got just – and they were in like this rickety boat for 15 hours. And it was storming. It was, it was crazy. And uh, so I, I was the whole time I was swimming, I was like, what are they talking about? Okay, It's not politics right. and it's not baseball. So what are they talking about up there? <laughs> and um, they're mostly just trying to stay alive and keep me alive as, as it turned out. But um, so it's been, yeah, it's been really, um, I do <laughs> throw up a lot. And so... <laughs> I, that's why 33 hours is my limit. I don't know why I'm
0: laughing. It sounds horrible. <laughs> it's, it's awful. I know the
1: whole just thing. Just the way you said
0: it was funny, I, know, I guess. Just like,
1: I, well, I have to throw it in there because it's just, because I don't do it like a normal person. So I still don't, I don't swim like a normal person either. And so, and this is still balance, equilibrium stuff. So, um, so yeah, so the, I don't keep much down. So nutritionally, so 33, I think is my, yeah. probably I'm not going to be doing Sarah Thomas type endeavors let's just say so I think we're all relieved my family and my everyone's all relieved that I didn't get out of LinkedIn and go I would like to go farther you're like no right. it, that was sort of like Thank you. they're like finally had- enough
0: yeah. okay. <laughs> she's had enough
1: I know are you done so I have one more overnight I get Andy has agreed to do because he stays up he won't take a nap so so um we're doing one more overnight I think so uh okay. next year hopefully so gotta sign up my, for that but um But yeah, I mean, it's enabled me to see things, you know, like Lake Tahoe, like I've never been in Michigan, this Torch Lake in Michigan and Lake Tahoe and like all these Finger Lakes and um, just incredible, amazing things. And people are so nice everywhere. And, um, you know, Lake Geneva has a special place. That was really something I never really dreamed of accomplishing. Um, But I just had to take it you know, right. One, you know, I just kind of chunked it out and one practice at a time and one long swim at a time. And, you know, yeah. trying to just kind of just do it peace and stay in the moment, real exercise and staying in the moment. And it's, it's all an exercise and staying in the moment, really. I mean, the, while you're swimming and while you're training, it's, you can't go, but what if, uh, and that's so natural for me to do. So as I've gotten older, I've been gotten a little better at, at not freaking out. So I used to freak out and then then things go badly. So learn not to do to try not to do that.
0: Um, I'm still terrified. I I, I no, when <laughs> I get out on open water, Jen, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I,
1: <laughs> I, yeah. There's definitely well here. So now I'm live on the ocean, and it's really great transition because we're
0: going to talk about yeah. what you where you are now. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's it, you can see through the water too, and it, and I don't open my eyes underwater at all ever, and so. Huh. I, and they're all teasing me here. They all think it's hilarious because so I take them out for a swim in the bay, and they're like, "Oh, did everyone see the whatever, whatever, and the whatever?" I'm like, "What are you looking at?" They're, they're like, "Yeah, but the fish down there." I'm like, oh, "Nobody needs to see any fish. I don't want to see what's looking at me. I don't want to see see. Yeah. I don't want to see anything looking back." So I never look down. But um, but here, people go in the water to look around. So it's been a different culture for me, and I'm still not quite not quite there yet. With the, with the ocean stuff. so. Well, yeah.
0: so yeah, talk about where here is now. You've, you've left Massachusetts.
1: Yes. So we, uh, now live on an, it's an island called Plantation Key, which is right below Key Largo. So it's a yeah. village Isla Mirada and we, it's a cha- in the key in the Florida keys. It's a chain of islands. We're about halfway, we're still technically upper. So we might be like a third of the way down to Key West, before Key West is very far away. Um, And there's one road and it's busy, um, but there's one road and there's a beautiful pool here that I get to coach at every day and um, set up long course and short course. And I get to swim outside all winter and I'm a happy camper. Um, Yeah. So, and I'm working with a group of masters here who are pretty thrilled to have someone who wants to talk swimming, um, with them and who is, you know, kind of into it and i real excited to do it and, and excited to be here and, and they're, uh, you know, we're re- definitely rebuilding. It's not a huge group, but we get a lot of visitors in the winter and, um, yeah. I'm not very flashy. So it is a little bit of a harder sell to, it's not like, Oh, you know, marquee lights and this and that, but, you know, word gets out slowly. So, um, So as it gets out, I think people will start to, and I'm having, hosting some camps here, which is a blast. And, uh, so I'm having my second one in January and it's sold out. I can't believe people are coming back. It was the worst weather of the entire year last year during this camp. And, um, they're all coming back. (laughs) So even though we froze, they froze to death last year. (laughs) So, um, they all wanted to come back and, and so we do a lot of swimming and a lot of, uh, Having Cuban food and things like that, so it's fun. So to get to the technique.
0: So you, you, as as you point out about yourself, marketing is not your strong suit, and mm. so as somebody who mm-hmm. also says marketing is not my strong suit, yeah. like I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna force you to go over some piece of this <laughs> again. So one of the things that you you you've been doing down there is you're you're organizing. Training camps. These are training camps yeah. for adults, right? Yeah. These are like yeah. masters, swimmers, and yeah. you can come to the Florida Keys and train for how long? Like how long are these Um
1: camps? Mostly I've been doing four-day weekends. So they get okay. one, two, three, four, five, like six practices, say. Um, start okay, with an wow. evening practice, end with a morning practice. Yeah. Um, so, and we can, you know, basically tailor it to. So, the group I have coming in January, and who most of who came last year too, were people who were pretty advanced, like pretty solid swimmers, right? They could do hundreds all day on 130, that type of like they were solid, and so pretty experienced. But some of them were training for some open water stuff. Some of them were tra- so we kind of adapt it. You know, of course, I I love open water, and I can train people for that. Um, and it's just a great chance to to get away and kind of meet some people, um, of like, like mind and get out of the winter weather and, um, have some technical, some technique work. And, you know, I like to keep it small enough and I, and I've been coaching teams by myself with assistance, but also by myself for a long time. So, you know, 10 or 12 people, I can still get personal information and and get personal with the feedback. So I do videotape the first day. And then I do my little analysis with all the, like, the little lines and stuff. And then, um, so they get that to take home and then I can be a resource afterwards too. So people can keep in touch with me. One of the people from, we did a, uh, we do a camp in France too. So in July.
0: Oh yeah. So, so you, you yeah. forgot to mention so, that, but yeah. there's, there's, so the, there's one in France two too. Of
1: those. So we've done two years in France on, on like Geneva. So we, um, have our third year coming up of that, so we're just about to plan that. but one of the women that came to camp is I'm coaching her now every month virtually she lives in well she was in Denmark, she just moved to Paris. We think what? she's in the pool that she we think she was in the pool that you probably had your team that. huge me. it's huge pool um mm. she videotaped it I was like, huh, that's really big and um <laughs> but so now she's in Paris, but so I'm coaching her every month virtually um, and I have another couple guys who I coach. From here, um, and set up workout plans, and and kind of, they'll send me videos, and I we talk on the phone, and we do all this. So there's so much that we can do, uh, even though I'm not there. Hold on,
0: hold on. I wasn't planning about asking this about this at all, but I definitely need a coach. So oh. me, tell me more <laughs> so- about this because I'm practicing by myself, Jen. Oh, you it's, are. It's, yeah, oh, I've been no. I've been on a master's comeback since uh, January. Yeah, and it's going spectacularly. By yeah. the way. Um, Good. I actually I went a best time in the 50 free uh just this past May I went I did a 23.6 in 50 free. Nice. The All right. Um yeah. And I think my breaststroke sorry my breaststroke uh 100 was like a 105. Hey, that's um, pretty. Yeah. All and right. this was this is just a month before I turned 40 so I'm I'm Yay. I'm pretty proud of myself. Yeah. Um but I am training by myself every day oh, and it yeah. is it's hard. <laughs>
1: it is hard. And it's, that, yeah. And so I write workouts for people. Like some people will buy, you know, they'll, they'll have me make them a book of workouts or whatever. They'll be like, okay, I want, you know, 10 workouts and I want them to be, I am, and I want them to be, be about 4,000 yards or meters or whatever. And, you know, so I'll send them a booklet of workouts. Um, and the Canva, Canva app is my, is my friend. And so, um, mm. but yeah, I may, I have all these workouts cause I, I have a different workout every day I mean I literally have ten notebooks of workouts for which my children will have to transcribe when i 'm dead so they, they <laughs> I've told them that they're pretty thrilled and um, so I have because I always write them down and I yeah. always make a new workout every day so i don't I don't overlap so and usually i so yeah so I love making up workouts so if you need any let me know because I have a whole library okay. full and um, and definitely if have, keep people entertained who swim by themselves. And do, yeah.
0: And do these people film themselves swimming? Like, do they get like a tripod and pop their phone mm-hmm. on it? And
1: a lot of times like, they have a lifeguard do, they, do it or spouse okay. do it or yeah, oh, they just walk alongside. Okay. I don't need the underwater. I can see the underwater. Like, I can tell from above what's going on. I'm, you know, like I can see through the water too. But so walking alongside, so mm. you can send me a video and I can do a little narration. I send it back to you a 30 second clip becomes five minutes of me talking and stopping and backing up and talking more and like drawing yeah. little things. Yeah. And, um, and that's cool. Cause people find that really, that's really a good thing for the people to have and refer. I hear that people refer back to them and and can kind of be like, especially if you swim by yourself or if you swim with a coach that you're not sure about and you can kind of go back and be like, okay, what are they, am I right here? Or am I not right? You know? Um, so it just, it's nice to have a home base of, if you, if you trust the person who's giving the feedback. So, um, but yeah, so I'm here.
0: And if if people want to, you know, follow you, um, Mm -hmm. I think you make amazing social media posts about how (laughs) to swim. Uh, so I'm a fan of that piece of it, but if people want to follow the coaching stuff, they want to follow some of these training camps and stuff, where, where should they go?
1: So swimstronger.net is my website. And, um, swim underscore stronger is my Instagram and that usually has my little that has more like sketches. If you go to the website you can sign up for the newsletter, which is sort of monthly. Um no and- commitment. Not if you're yeah. not fully committed I'm to I'm not committing every month. But it is kind of <laughs> monthly ish, a uh, little newsletter just for, you know, I'm not selling anything. So it's just like some kind of whatever I'm kind of thinking about it's yeah. season, it could be seasonal. It could be whatever. Um, sometimes I throw another workout in there. So people have one, I think I did a warm, wet, a warm water workout in the last one because just how to adapt to, to warmer temperatures in the water. Um, so we, uh, so yeah, so that's, so that's, that's the deal. And I'm always here down here. So I, and I love visitors. So <laughs>
0: if, well, you amazing. Up, if
1: you
0: end up, yeah. I'm going to let you know about my, my, yeah. my, my, yeah. my training camp idea that we talked about okay. before this. Yeah, week. I don't do. need to subject yeah, yeah. the listeners to yeah, this. You can podcast, make your but... own
1: too. That's what I, so you yeah. should, I should also say if you have like three or four people who swim and you want to just come down here, tell me you're coming and I can make a camp. Like, yeah, it can be like yeah. that. Yeah.
0: Trevor, if you're still listening, we're, we're we we may be doing this, okay? <laughs> <laughs> my buddy Trevor, who uh, also provides me with plenty of um, coaching around my swimming, so I don't mean to say. Right. Uh, my my other co-host of this podcast, Joel, he he does as well. But um, uh, so I'm I'm not alone in that sense. I probably have an embarrassment yes. of riches in terms of people that are willing <laughs> right. to give their of opinion advisors, on what I'm yeah. doing swimming wise. But yeah. but I am also like essentially writing my own workouts and. And
1: oh, executing yeah, my, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when so, you get sick of that, let me know. Yeah,
0: yeah, I will. Um, yep. Thank you so much right. <laughs> for being willing to do this. Thanks for <laughs> talking about all sorts of things. I know, thank like you. we 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 literally like the breadth of what we just talked about was pretty wild. Covered <laughs> um, <remembered> everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, we still have yeah. stuff that's left uncovered, but we got <laughs> you can't. I found you can't, you can't, you know, nobody wants to listen to a two hour podcast or right. they don't want to listen to me for two hours true. yet. Right. Well, we're working on me it. Either. So, yeah. so we'll, we're going to cut it off there. Um, great to catch up with you as well. Great to and, see you. Um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. uh, for everybody listening, CD swim coach on Facebook, Christy underscore coach on Instagram, uh, swim brief podcast at gmail.com. If you want, to get a question answered on here by me, Joel, um, or you want me to send a question to Jen and then read her answer <laughs> on here, whatever. Like, uh, reach out to me. I love to hear from people that are listening to the podcast. This is meant to be an educational podcast. We're meant to talk about stuff. This is not the Bret Hawk podcast where... Um, we provide entertainment. We provide education here. Um, <laughs> no entertainment, so, <laughs> no, you, you, no entertaining. If, yeah. If you are entertained, <laughs>
1: you that's in purely place. incidental.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, but yes, thank you to everybody for listening and I'll see you guys again later this week. And thank you, Jen.
1: Thank you.